The world of retail is changing, it's morphing, it's transforming. There is innovation happening. And technology is at the center of a lot of it. And so today, on episode number 135 of CXO Talk, I am speaking with Chris Jelm, who is the Executive Vice President and Chief Information Officer of Kroger. Kroger is one of the largest retailers on the face of the planet. Chris, thank you for joining, and how are you today? Oh, Michael, thank you. It's it's great to be uh, on the broadcast with you, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Well, thanks so much. So, Chris, let's jump in. Let's begin by give us a sense of your professional background, just to set some context. Sure. I started off in the kind of early days of you know, the educational process where computers were starting to get introduced into companies, and I got a computer information systems degree at Colorado State University. And from there, I've been lots of places, lived in lots of countries. Um, I was in, started off at Hughes Aircraft Company doing manufacturing and ERP systems, and that was short-lived and ended up moving to FedEx, where I spent almost 15 years. I ended up spending time in Belgium and Germany. Had a great run there. Finished up as the CIO of the the Express business, which was a uh, you know, pretty 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 amazing company. After that, did a tour of duty out in the Silicon Valley, uh, three companies in four years, including a startup uh, turnaround that didn't go so well. Uh, spent some time at eBay, and then after that, my wife said, "You know what? Uh, how about something different?" Uh, we moved to the Midwest, lived in Chicago, worked at Orbitz, um, and then. We went public, got bought, and she said, okay, how about something a little bit more stable, perhaps? Maybe uh, let our youngest son finish school in the same same city. Uh, the Kroger opportunity came along. I love food. Uh, it was a great opportunity to, to leverage you know, some of my skills and experiences, and I've been at Kroger just over 10 years. So it's been, uh, it's been quite, a, quite a career, and uh, I've, I've learned a lot along the way. So when, you, so when your wife wanted you to get to get a job with a stable company i guess given the size of kroger and the scale there are a few companies that are could be as stable so tell us about kroger give us give us a sense of how big the company is what the company does some of the brands i don't i think for many people uh we don't realize just the extent and the scale of kroger yeah, Michael, it's it is a quite a quite a company. I mean, it's been Kroger's been around for you know well over 130 years, and that obviously makes it a pretty elite group in terms of uh, duration. The company itself, we have over 400,000 uh, associates uh, spread across you know a good portion of the U.S. Our core business is the supermarket business, which has lots of shapes and sizes, from stores as small as 20,000 square feet to stores that you know, are up over 200,000 square feet. Those stores typically, you know, they're all the way from Alaska, um, which would be Fred Meyer, down in the Southern California, which would be Ralph's. It's in the, you know, Colorado in the form of King Supers. And then pretty much east of the Mississippi, if that's a general rule of thumb, you would find Kroger, with the exception of Harris Teeter, um, on the kind of the southeast up through D.C., which we merged with uh, over a year ago. That's, so that's just the supermarket side of our business. And then 
and the, we have convenience stores, so think of those as typically 4,000 square feet or less. And those stores are also sprinkled across the country, and we add geographies that are unique just to the convenience store side of our business in Northern California and down in the panhandle of Florida uh, with Tom Thumb. We have over 300 jewelry stores known under the brands of Fred Meyer Jewelers, which obviously is ties to the Northwest and the Fred Meyer business, but also Littman Jewelers, which you will see in many malls across predominantly the eastern third of the U.S. We also have a fairly large uh, banking uh, business, quarter personal finance. We have a credit card business um, that that's, continues to grow quickly. And then we also have a large manufacturing presence. We have 37 manufacturing plants, a, a very large logistics network. And it is just, to, I mean, there are many more pieces, but I think that gives you a pretty decent feel for the, the size and the scale. Maybe one other point to, to highlight, we're in the fuel business in a big way. And that includes over 1,300 fuel centers tied to our supermarkets. So that 2,600 supermarkets, so roughly half have a fuel center. And then we also have uh, fuel in about 700 of the almost 800 um, convenience stores. So we have over 2,000 outlets or right around 2,000 outlets. And those 2,000 outlets put us in one of the top 10 in, in gallons pumped in the country. And your revenue is over $100 billion per year. That is correct. Yeah, it's, a big, it's a big number. So, so you tend to hover uh, right around the Walmart size. You're they're the largest, but I think there's a couple of us that are, are you know, vying for the number two spot. And, and I think you know, one of the things that's very impressive about Kroger is our growth rate over the past 47 quarters. And we've had positive same-store sales growth for 47 consecutive quarters, which by almost any industry measure is a pretty amazing performance. And we're, we're very proud of that as a company. Okay, so, so we're dealing with this enormous organization with many brands spread throughout the country. And it's retail. So technology, you're the executive vice president and the chief information officer. And presumably, there's some role of technology in all of this. So tell, us about, <laughs> so tell us about that. Sure. You know, at Kroger, it, it literally is everything from, you know, our distribution centers to all the technology in our stores, what we do on Kroger.com, uh, you know, accounting, other back office systems. I mean, pretty much any and everything to do with technology falls into um, what my team and I work on. And give us a sense of the so so drill into that a little bit for us. Sure. Yeah. No. I think there are you know an enormous number of touch points, and is if you think about the retail world and how it works, and those in retail will connect with this. But each of those convenience stores or supermarkets, all in in many ways, are small data centers, and so we have you know probably around 4,000, if you include our jewelry stores, of these small data centers with numerous, you know, a couple hundred thousand, you know, networked, you know, tech pieces of technology over a couple of data centers. 
And it's, you know, something where we manage, uh, it's, you know, it's a, I think I'm trying to remember the number. It's, you know, like 13 or 1400 applications. And, you know, so there's a fairly large um, number of devices as well as a, a large footprint of applications that it takes to, to run this business. And, and from a team perspective, we're around 1,500 uh, associates that work in Kroger technology with several hundred that work for us in you know, a third-party capacity, whether it's onshore or offshore. So you're covering this range of technology. And what are some of the unique challenges that you face? You mentioned that each one of your stores is a, almost a data center in itself. So what are, what are some of the challenges, both from a retail perspective because of the businesses that you're in, but also from a size and scale perspective? Sure. Yeah. If you think about our, our business, just from a, you know, how do you, how do you make it work every day? Our customers, you know, many of our stores are open seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And, and this, you know, always on mindset is, is pretty important. So quality of service for us is the a pretty high expectation of everyone in the company, but certainly our customers, you know, how we manage, you know, all of those pieces of equipment across all of those locations. So you'll think of things as a customer, like our point of sale system, point of sale system is kind of important, kind of needs to work. It's how customers check out, how we ultimately get paid. Um, That's a pretty important part of the equation Uh, pharmacy systems, you know, it's pretty important. You know, it's a big part of our business. Uh, almost, uh, you know, two thirds of our stores have you know, pharmacies in them, and that obviously is an you know, important part with a lot of industry oversight and regulation with HIPAA. You know, we have to manage all of that complexity. And then you've got distribution centers, which are also seven by twenty-four, and you know, minutes matter in our business, and frankly, seconds matter at checkout and many other places. There's a fairly large network that connects all of these physical servers and, you know, peripherals in our stores together, which, you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time on over the past, um, I guess, probably really the past seven or eight years, really making that resilient, making sure that we have not only a really stable backbone, but also uh, quite a bit more redundancy than we had when I joined here 10 years ago. So the quality of service that we offer day in and day out is is really fundamental to, I think the you know back to that forty seven consecutive quarters of positive same store sales growth. We, we wouldn't have had it unless the team delivered uh, really what I believe is best in class service. You know you you take kind of that base piece and then it gets into this whole how do we continue to drive you know better solutions for our customers. Uh, you know, necessary process improvements and solutions for our associates to deliver service to our customers? And then how do we really package up innovation? And in each of those areas requires, you know, a lot of, a lot of expertise, a lot of diligence, and ultimately a group of super talented people that, that make it happen every day. And, you know, to me, that's the, the fun part of the scale and complexity is you've got to work across all of those um, aspects of our business, you know, paying attention to today, but also thinking about tomorrow and the future and balancing that so that, you know, you can you know, have a successful company today, but also position yourself for success down the road. And then there's the, 
the uh, security dimension. And I know that Kroger has to be a constant uh, target. So that needs to be buttoned down, especially with your vast footprint. It's a really good point, Michael. And, and, you know, for us, you know, the day I got here, it was certainly on the top, you know, couple thoughts about what's most important for Kroger and for our brand. And you know, the, the folks out there that are after our data, whether it's credit card information or, you know, personal information, uh, you know, they're, they're persistent. They're very talented. And, and we have a, you know, every day it's a priority for us. And we're constantly thinking about and prioritizing investments. And, you know, to be honest with you, it's often causes a bit of a, a challenge internally because people will be, you know, pushing for, uh, certain capabilities. They, they want certain capabilities on, you know, in the cloud or um, what they want to do mobily. And, you know, we'll basically, you know, apply some constraints and, you know, tell people, hey, you got to work in a, a certain manner uh, in order to safeguard, um, you know, probably most importantly, our customer data, but also the other assets of the company. In fact, getting ready for this, you know, this show this afternoon, we spent a fair bit of time, you know, working through, uh, a way to to open some things up a little so that you and I could have this conversation um, with you know a high quality interaction. Yes, and I spoke with some of your uh, tech team, and they were so uh, deeply concerned, uh, saying, "Okay, which ports do we need to have open? What are the time frames that we need to have these open? Where's the data going?" I mean, they it was obvious that they have a very 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 I'd say intensely rigorous set of uh, governance and policies related to security that they need to comply with. Yeah, and, and like I said, we we take it very seriously, and you know we we have we set a fairly high bar internally, and you know we we knock on wood have had a a, a good track record, but it's that everyday diligence and you know the commitment of every one of our associates, including our associates. Uh, in our stores, at our fuel centers, at our jewelry stores. I mean, it really is 400,000 plus people making it a priority and they have to make it a priority every day. Okay, so you're overseeing this really vast technology network and set of many different systems and somewhere and somehow these need to intersect and support the business priorities and the business strategies and the business goals. How do you ensure that there is alignment between technology and the business goals of the organization? Yeah, I would say that's constant pursuit of perfection. Uh, it's it's not easy. I think first of all, it's it's having a seat at the table, and it's being part of you know developing the strategy for the company. And the CIO role, you know, has had a seat at the table before me, but certainly while I've been at Kroger. I think that the next piece of the puzzle that you have to kind of get in place is to make sure that, you know, that strategy manifests itself, you know, down into the departments of the organization. Now, we ultimately are the the broker or the, the person that has to manage dependencies and resource constraints across the entire organization. But... We really need to get that clarity of, you know, yeah, we get the macro strategy of the company, but how does that translate into merchandising or logistics or marketing? 
And once we have that clarity, we put in a process a few years ago to, to manage that portfolio and to really look at, you know, getting a group of senior business leaders together to help us prioritize, you know, that, that set of projects across business domains. So where does jewelry stack up against point of sale or our Kroger personal finance business? In fact, I was talking to the, the CEO of Kroger personal finance today, and he was advocating or lobbying for more bandwidth out of our digital and point of sale teams because they want to introduce some new features. Now, if you look at the relative scale of their business, it's small compared to, you know, what we think about with loyalty and our merchandising organization. But at the same time, you do have to think about, you know, how do you manage uh, a growing part of our business and allow them the bandwidth so that they can continue to grow and someday be a much larger share of, of this company. So we built that process to try and, you know, create that level of governance for a lot of the projects that take place. And then there is always that strategic conversation that has to happen for the big bets. If somebody says they want to go spend, you know, X millions of dollars on a new loyalty system, or somebody says, hey, I need to put in, you know, a new order management system for um, our digital world. Those, those, those are bigger bets that require, you know, often getting an executive level group together that can look at the dependencies and trade-offs. So whether that's capital or expense, uh, talent, or even just operational capacity, what is the capacity within our supermarket world to take on change? So we're very thoughtful to try and make sure that when we do prioritize and make a commitment to getting something done, that we've aligned the resources across the organization to the best of our ability to ensure success, not just with with what we have to do on the technology side, but it's the whole change and and successful adoption and deployment, um, whether it's internally for our associates or at times including uh, our customers. So you mentioned change. So clearly the notion of change is a key part of your thinking when you're uh, considering innovation activities, for example. Yeah, change, change is something we think about a lot, obviously, in our, in our world. And I'm, I'm sure every uh, industry feels the same way. But you know, change does, is doing nothing but accelerate uh, from a pace perspective. For us in, in retail, and predominantly food retailing, but we're in other forms of retailing as well, the, the competitors you know, are getting better every day. And, and there are also new competitors entering the market. And those new competitors that enter the market, you know, often don't have the same constraints that we have. Uh, but you know what? They also don't have the size and the scale and, you know, the, the number of customer, you know, loyal customers that, that Kroger has. And so we often look at that as, yeah, absolutely, we need to think about new forms of competition. But at the same time, how do we leverage uh, the great, you know, assets that we have as a company and make sure that we, we think about and leverage those uh, to maintain a sustainable competitive advantage when we, we think about areas of investment. And innovations is a great case in point. If you go back a couple of years ago, one of the early investments that, that we made on the innovation front was a system we referred to as QVision. But, but in the day it was built, it was very novel. Today, a lot of people have copied it. But at the time, it basically 
used a combination of infrared uh, technology to kind of count people, uh, both coming in our stores as well as our check lanes and, and predictive analytics. So time of day, day of week, you know, and some other factors to estimate when someone was going to get to the front end of our store. And then so to make sure that we have enough folks to check out our customers, enough baggers to bag groceries. And that technology allowed us to really take an average wait time of around four minutes down to an average wait time of roughly 30 seconds. And, and while that was a fairly significant capital investment, uh, from a labor perspective in our stores, you know, there was some extra effort during the, the implementation, but you know, on kind of an apples to apples basis, it's with, you know, that dramatic improvement of service was done with very little to no incremental labor. And, and to me, that's the kind of transformational change that, you know, moves the needle that customers care about that, you know, we, you know, really drove and built a lot of that internally uh, that, you know, to me, that's how, that's how we stay ahead. So that's kind of where our head's at is what are those big things that matter most to our customers that uh, we can kind of change the retail world. So you uh, spend a lot of time thinking about the relationship of the, of the customer to the Kroger stores. And obviously there's a business component to that and there's a technology component as well. So maybe uh, elaborate on that for us, please. Sure, yeah, our, our customers have uh, quite a few touch points with us. They, they obviously today start with, uh, many of them start with a very successful uh, mobile application or on Kroger.com. Uh, the key things on there, you know, are often, you know, what's for dinner, so recipe ideas, but, but a lot of content that helps customers think about, hey, what, what should I be planning for from a meal perspective? But that translates then into my shopping list and, you know, what offers are out there in the market. You know, digital coupons has been something that we've played heavily in and, you know, are the largest, you know, retailer in working with digital coupons and our customers love it. And so they're engaging on our website, they're engaging on our mobile app, and we, you know, obviously had to make that easy in store. So we automatically, you know, apply digital coupons at point of sale. That makes the customers' lives easier. We're working today really hard on lists to help customers think about, you know, what's for dinner, what do they want to have in their shopping list, make sure they don't forget something when they come to the store. In fact, we just launched, and I think we, you know, have it in maybe 12 stores now, but it's a order online pickup in store but it's just not a basic order online pickup in store. We've really been trying to be thoughtful about, you know, what are the regular things customers order, you know, and how can we help a customer build a, you know, a very fast um, and right shopping list and allow them to, you know, get the benefits of, you know, not having to get the little kids out of the car um, or whatever their needs are to have an ex really incredibly fast experience with Kroger. Now you take kind of, that piece of the world, which is kind of maybe the digital side in. And then when they're in the store, we've done a lot to try and simplify their shopping experience in the store. I, meant, I mentioned automatically applying digital coupons. One of the other technologies which we've recently deployed at a prototype uh, store would be a you know, digital shelf edge. So the entire shelf edge, think of it as a digital display. 
Well, in that digital display, not only are we, you know, able to put additional content out there about a product, if somebody wants to, you know, say, hey, scan a QR code and show me some additional information about that product, but also, you know, imagine that customer shopping and us highlighting on the shelf because of some locationing technology, um, what's next in the shopping list? So, I mean, they're really almost doing a pick to light uh, shopping experience inside of a supermarket, but it's, it's not, it's so, so we think about associate productivity. We think about customer engagement and this whole digitization of the store to me is uh, something we've been on this journey for several years and we've been building out this infrastructure that allows us, you know, if you kind of use the internet of everything, but this IOT world, we're building, we've built out and are deploying an infrastructure that will allow us to kind of com- really add features and functions to this digitization of the store that our associates are really enjoying and getting a lot of value out of. And we think we're just scratching the surface on what happens for the customer. But but that thoughtfulness and kind of thinking ahead about, you know, making those those strategic investments that will stand, you know, for many years I think are what a lot of companies, um, you know, IT departments, frankly, struggle to to get approved and struggle to get out there. People think about it, but it's like, well, how do we go make it happen? Well, this is a very a very interesting point. So, at Kroger, what is the process that you go through to ensure that there is both an IT voice and a business voice coming together on these strategic projects? I would say it kind of depends on the project, but but is it in a general sense we have you know team vertical uh, alignment where we have think of it as you know development IT teams that are aligned with different groups. So we have a group aligned with retail. So whether that's point of sale or merchandising, they work together on strategic projects. Or whether it's supply chain and back office systems they work together, or whether it's on the digital side. So we we have these relationships, and in, in many organizations, we have people, we call them customer relationship managers, whose specific role is to work with the senior business leaders. They sit at their strategy sessions. They sit in their staff meetings, and, and they actually help build these business cases around change, around innovation. Now, the hard part is when you want to or you need to go put out um, a major infrastructure that maybe has to start with one piece of functionality. And to me, that's where it gets hard. That's where it becomes a bigger bet because you have to get a cross-functional group of senior leaders together to say, hey, do, are we willing to invest X? You know, This one project in and of itself might not have a, a, a high return that would pass our normal hurdle rate, but once this is in, we can add multiple other um, systems on top of it with little to no incremental infrastructure, and those will have great returns. And I think that's where the, you know, the, the senior IT leaders and, and, frankly, my time is spent making sure the company understands you know, what's possible. And this is what's possible from a business perspective is, you know, and it's obviously has a a technology bent to it, but this is really more about the customer and about how we drive, you know, 
uh, value to our associates and helping them improve productivity. But it's we have to kind of be the the voice of you know what's possible, and then when it comes down to it, helping build that business case that is frank, it is tangible, it's real, and allows the company to with confidence say we're going to make these these strategic bets. So this is a, a very far cry from organizations that view IT as a cost center, right? You're not, you're not, your mandate, uh, I'm not meaning to put words in your mouth, but, but it seems your mandate is not, hey, Chris, reduce IT costs. That's your mandate. Your mandate is, hey, Chris, you know, help improve customer loyalty, help improve better customer experience, help improve uh, efficiency for our associates. It's not about cost reduction for the most part, is it? You know, I, I, Michael, I think it's a really good point. We think about, you know, what's what you know the future of the company, and we think about the strategy of the business. And our we have a a customer first strategy that we've been on for you know quite a few years. Uh, they're well over ten now, but you know it, it it starts off with you know our prices are are good, our people are great, you get the products in the store you want plus a little, and the shopping experience in the store makes you want to return. So, you know, we kind of start with those four general principles, and we've really been focusing even more on hospitality and how do we create a friendly environment, which means we have to allow our associates to more efficiently complete their other tasks that have to get done so they can spend more time with customers. And we need to continue to improve the freshness of what we offer in our stores. So we have these, these macro priorities, and, and that is the most important set of initiatives for the company. Now, one of our strategic objectives is absolutely to continue to optimize how we run the business every day to help fund those, those initiatives. And within Kroger Technology, you know, we have clear objectives about you know, how do we continue to make what we do every day? Think about, you know, those buckets of work that I talked about earlier, but, you know, how do we run those core services every day so that we can serve, you know, the 8 million customers a day effectively? We can support our 400,000 associates, you know, with highly reliable, you know, systems and response times. Those are kind of the, you know, if you will, the ante just to get in the game. But, but we put, put pressure on ourselves to continue to do those more cost-effectively so that we can help invest more of our IT spend on the things that we believe create long-term sustainable competitive advantage. Uh, but that's on us because, look, most of our business partners don't understand what we do every day. You know, if I could talk to them about virtualization and they're going to think about, you know, Google Glass or something versus, you know, some virtualization technology in the data center. I mean, they, they don't understand the nuances of our world, and nor should they. But I think they do put an, you know, a, a heavy expectation on us to run a very lean, cost-effective set of core services, and we aspire to, to do that better every year so that we can do more. With that said, our company's invested um, a lot. Uh, pretty much every year since I've been here, we've, we've had incremental spend on, on Kroger technology, and a lot of that, and our goal is to increasingly invest those dollars um, in areas that we think are transformational for our company. So how do you, or 
uh, folks in IT gain enough uh, nuanced knowledge about what different parts of the business are doing so that you can add uh, business and strategic value to these other parts of the business as opposed to merely being a, a supplier of either services or, or infrastructure. Yeah, that, I, that is one of the harder parts of, I think, our job is you know, we, we often have a pretty full plate. I know all, all the folks in my organization are, are pretty busy every day. You have to get out in the business. Now, one of the beauties of Kroger, and I, I tell every new hire group the same message, um, and in fact, you know, interns at work here, my point to them is to show me a business where you get to, as a customer, interact with it every day. And you might not be in a manufacturing plant every day, or you might not be, you know, in our logistics center, you know, building pallets of product, but you can certainly go see those if that's your domain of expertise or systems that you work on. But you can get in our stores as a customer and engage with our business every single day. And I think that's part of what we really encourage our, our associates to do is get out there experience the business, you know, go on trips with our business partners out to stores, walk our stores with people that think about them differently, walk with the store that the, the person's thinking about the next generation um, fresh food experience in our prepared food areas in our delis. What are they thinking about? What's that going to look like? And we try and paint a pretty concise picture at a strategy level for you know, what are those areas of our business that matter most that we want associates to care about? But it's ultimately uh, upon, you know, it's, the responsibility sits with me and the rest of our IT team to get out and experience the business and to really embrace and understand what it is that we can do. And, and I always tell, you know, when, when you get into this business, it's amazing how many of your friends and family have an opinion about your stores. And I love it. And I always tell people, I say, bring it on. We want any and all feedback because that feedback is, you know, directly coming from the people that, that we care about, which are, which are the customers that shop our stores. And I do think that's a unique perspective that associates at Kroger um, you know, have the opportunity to grasp. But to be honest with you, we do have folks on our team that maybe don't get out in stores very often. And you know, to me, there's just no excuse for that. It's like, you got to get out there and, and be part of part of our business. And uh, to me, when we do that well, the other piece that we try and do is we try and have quite a few forums where we share. So we'll have a technology expo every couple of years where we have a, a big Kroger leadership summit next week uh, here in Cincinnati, you know, where we bring, you know, a lot of um, our store leaders from across the country and from our corporate offices across the country, you know, over 5,000 people will be here in Cincinnati. We will have a tech expo at that leadership summit. And when I get any and every chance to spread the word, I, I you know, I tell everyone, you, sh you have to go see it. You have to go understand it. So it goes both ways. You know, it's our associates making sure that they understand what's going on with technology and what's possible they have to communicate that back out with an informed view because of their using and experiencing the Kroger services. But at the same time, we really, I try and take some of our senior leaders out to the Silicon Valley with me and we spend time with startup companies 
um, I'll make sure and take them out to our lab so they can see this technology and experience it firsthand so that they can be evangelists for change as well. So I really try and make sure that it's kind of a two-way street, that I play a little bit of their role as business leader and evangelist for change operationally, but at the same time, they're being the evangelist for what's possible and what technology can do to change Kroger. So a while ago, I met uh, one of your folks who works in IT, uh, Shashank Saxena. And to say that he just works in IT, I think, is under his, underplaying uh, his role by a lot. He's, Shashank is pretty amazing. And he was on a panel that I moderated for an organization called Centrifuge. And he and I spent some time. And he was, he was actually, he's been a guest. Shashank was a guest on CXO Talk. And I came away speaking with him with the clear sense that you have a very rigorous process for deciding which projects to actually embrace and which not to. And along the same lines, we just have a, a question from Arsalan Khan, who's asking, how do you decide uh, what, I, where, what is strategic and what is operational for IT? So I guess this all gets to to the, uh, to the filtering process that you use for deciding where are you going to invest your time and your money? It's, it's, it's a really good question. And uh, once again, not an easy answer. I, I'll, I'll, and Shashank has done a great job. He's been with us for, I think, going on three years. And you know, he is a very innovative thinker and he's been knee deep in our digital transformation and, and brought on an enormous amount of talent and delivered a lot of really good stuff for Kroger. He is very connected into the startup world so we do spend time and energy both locally with you know, organizations like Centrifuge, which, Centrifuge but, but also out on the, the West Coast with uh, some venture capital companies. And so we, we stay pretty well connected. You know, now back to how do we take and figure out what we're going to work on. I will tell you it happens probably three ways. One way is the, the Shashanks of the world work with their business partners to figure out what matters most. And we do hackathons and, you know, other things to come up with ideas. So, so we have a vote, you know, we in, in the IT organization, Kroger Technology, we, we have a vote. And I expect our, our associates to voice their opinions. And once again, they have an informed opinion as customers. And to me, that's very powerful. Those priorities and debates and discussion happen within, think of those as, you know, functional areas. Then you've got, uh, on the innovation side, uh, about a year, probably a year and a half ago, we created a directed innovation group. And I would tell you in the past, we kind of had an R&D steering committee and some execs that would participate in that. But it wasn't always the right, the right folks um, to represent the key areas of the business. And we kind of took a different approach. And when uh, my boss, uh, Rodney McMullen, got to be CEO, he said, hey, let's take a slightly different view of how we do innovation. And we created what we call directed innovation group. And we look at the big levers in the company and places where we think there's opportunity to create, um, you know, a sustainable competitive advantage. And we specifically direct our innovation activities to those areas. And we also have put in, and I don't think, by the way, I don't think we've quite figured it all out, but we put in a set of objectives so that we can measure uh, the success of, of these initiatives. And we had a lot of portfolio work that was kind of historical that we had to clean up. But, but we basically said, you know what, we want to have two innovations a year. 
you know, not, you know, small innovation, but we want to have two material innovations per year. And to be honest with you, that's a pretty lofty objective because of the number of touch points, particularly when you're putting in new infrastructure. That, so I would say you've got kind of the innovation bucket around like true research and development, things that have never been done before. You've got innovation on the, the software side, which we obviously can do on Kroger.com and our mobile app. And so we got lots of degrees of freedom there. And then I think the other source of, of strategy, you know, kind of trade-offs and, and bets happens with a couple of the senior executives and occasionally the, the CEO, you know, casts a vote and says, hey, you know what? I want to go get this one done. And in fact, if you go back to QVision, uh, that was the CEO saying, you know, he goes, hey, I want this rolled out in two years. We weren't even quite done yet. You know, we hadn't probably fully baked that solution, but but we were rolling out and finished finishing it as we went because we had decided that that was you know, a big priority. I would say another one that happened a little differently was our work in temperature monitoring, which was, think of it as the, our foray into building the infrastructure in our stores to facilitate the Internet of Things. So we have, you know, uh, monitoring, digital monitoring now of, you know, refer, frozen and refrigerated cases. That system is, I think, probably by now well over half, probably close to two-thirds of the way rolled out. And this is a multi-year rollout because, you know, you're, you're putting in a new infrastructure in the store, you know, hundreds of tag, digital tags in the store. That was one that we've been pushing more internally within, you know, our research and development team. Now with the direct innovation group, I think that kind of change would happen even faster than it did. We worked on that for a couple of years before we really finally got momentum. And so our, our goal was to continue to, to work in smarter ways uh, allow innovation, do hackathons, allow R&D to experiment, but take the best ideas, get them in front of the right audience, and, and make more conscious strategic bets that align all the right resources in the organization. And, and I would say that, you know, we'll, we'll be working on that one for a long time because that's not easy. Uh, I would say we've already seen um, the benefits, and I think a big reason is, you know, the commitment of the CEO and, you know, his direct participation in those discussions and, and bets. So Chris, we have just a few minutes left. I, I must say this conversation has gone by very, very quickly. So what advice do you have for IT and for CIOs who come out of the more uh, traditional technology oriented uh, mindset ways of thinking? but who want to contribute more strategically to their company. What advice do you have for these folks in order to begin that conversation, sustain that conversation, and make a strategic, uh, take part, have a strategic engagement with their organization? Yeah, M Michael, that's, that's a, a probably a multi-part answer. I think the first thing you have to do is you have to earn the credibility as you know, a service provider that, you know, delivers every day. Because if you don't have that credibility, you're not going to be able to, to take the, the next step in the relationship. So you got to earn your stripes. The second thing is go deep and really, really understand how your business works. And if that means more time in plants, if that means more time out in stores, whatever it takes 
to really become uh, an expert in the business. So you speak the language and you truly can understand um, from the other point of view. So you're listening and, and having a dialogue that's two-way with the leaders of the company. The third thing I think that's that's super important is you have to, you know, I think you have to keep up with what's possible in technology. Look, none of us can know it all, but you have to, you know, kind of divide and conquer with your team. And as the, the senior leader, pick up the nuggets of, you know, insight that come from your chief technology officer that's knee-deep in, you know, kind of infrastructure and servers and networks and do the same thing with, you know, like your head of R&D or get somebody to, to be more on the R&D front that's looking at other industries and what great things they're doing. And, and you, you have to then become the, the pragmatic person that's helping the rest of the organization understand what's possible. And, and that often is the hard part because you have to take a little risk. And, and look, it, you know, this, this stuff's not easy. Uh, a lot of us, you know, we, we kind of often joke about the tenure of CEOs often, or CIOs is often, you know, not more than a couple of years. And, you know, I, I think you have to understand that in order to be successful, you're going to have to take some risk. And, but, but that risk reward, I think, for the benefit of the company is something that if they don't ask you for it, I think you have to get them to understand why that's important and why they need it. So basically, it's the responsibility to for the for the CIO to initiate that strategic conversation. Is is that what you're saying? Exactly. You cannot wait to be told what to do. And I, we often that was something we went through. You know, ten years ago when I got here, we we had very much of a service mindset, and that's important. We, we definitely need to provide a great service, but at the same time. We need to be thought leaders. Look, we're, we're owners of the business and we have an opinion and, and we have unique experiences and insights that can help the company not only figure out, you know, the right strategy, but also help prioritize and drive the initiatives that are going to make a difference. And to me, you, know, you kind of have to earn your stripes to be part of those conversations. And when you get a chance to sit at that table, when you get a chance to be part of those conversations, um, you know, when, when you sign up for things, you got to get them done. And, and we all know that's the hard part, especially for things that have never been done before. I mean, true innovation has the highest level of risk. To me, it, it's the most fun, has the most reward. And, you know, the, the, it does make a difference. And you just have to be willing, I think, to personally um, take a little bit of risk uh, to be part of those conversations. And if you're not being proactively asked to be part of strategic conversations, or to be part of making those decisions, you should, you know, basically insert yourself and explain why uh, your opinion counts. Well, that is that's fantastic advice. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time, but I know that your your comments address concerns that many CIOs do have, who who want to play a strategic role and. Sometimes they're not really given the opportunity and they're not sure what to do. So on, on behalf of many CIOs out there, I say thank you for, for your great advice. And thank you for taking the time to be part of episode number 135 of CXO Talk. Thanks, Michael. I'm uh, proud to be number 135 and I've really enjoyed the conversation. Well, I hope you will come back another time. We have been talking with Chris Jelm 
who is the CIO and executive vice president at Kroger, the Kroger company, one of the largest retailers on the face of the planet. Chris, thank you again for taking the time, and really I hope that you will come back again. Thanks, Michael. Everybody, next week we are speaking with the chief marketing officer for Mozilla. So come back, and I hope you have a great week, and talk with you soon. Bye-bye.